And what I really liked about that book is that it doesn't shy away from anything. It doesn't shy away from the the bodily aspect, right? Like the physicality of being trans about all the ways that people can treat you like garbage or all the things that people might not even be meaning to be condescending to you, but it becomes a hurtful situation. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is the first movie that I've seen do that. everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 488 with a review of A Fantastic Woman. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. So uh, if you're listening to this right now, you just passed our brief but uh, entertaining review of Peter Rabbit. Um, we are now moving into our review of A Fantastic Woman, and later in the feed there will also be a review of The Insult. Um, yeah, we got a lot of reviews to cover today. It was a long weekend, so we're just going to dive right into this episode. We're going to play the trailer for A Fantastic Woman, and then come back and give you a review. Habla una amiga de Orlando. Yo soy. Sí, sí sé quién es. Lo que pasa es que Orlando se empezó a sentir pésimo. Orlando. Ahí se murió. Se murió. Su pareja. Sí, su pareja. All right, so that was the trailer for A Fantastic Woman. It is a story of a transgender woman who is in a relationship with an older man who passes away, and uh, that event sort of kind of throws her uh, world into disarray as she has to deal with the passing of uh, her lover and the way the family is dealing with the passing as well. Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film? So... I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, Going into this film, I wasn't sure what to expect because, as I'm aware, choosing to watch the foreign nominees for Best Picture, that's already kind of a a potential for snobbiness of a category, right? Um, I think when... There are plenty of wonderful movies that aren't made in America, of course, but I think... (laughs) When when a movie is being reviewed by people who don't speak the language that it was spoken in, yeah. sometimes they set a bar that is very different than what the bar for that same emotion would have been had they been able to hear it directly. Yeah. Right? Like I, I've just noticed that sometimes much more dry movies get heightened. Uh, force majeure, which I really enjoyed, is probably an example of that. Right? Like if that <laughs> if force majeure had been done in English, it probably probably much fewer critics would have been effusive about it because that dry comedy which reading it works so well like if you were just listening to it you might feel like there's something lacking um i must have been just listening to it yeah (laughs) there were subtitles dude that's the problem (laughs) anyway all all that to say i I was looking forward to this film on an intellectual level but i was not sure at all if on like a personal emotional level i was going to connect to it or not and i really 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 did um this is a movie that 
is about very difficult things. Like occasionally it is a very heavy film about the things that happen to uh, the main character. But it's also a movie that is like very stylized and it has lots of flights of fancy, lots of moments that you can escape into. And I think it just paints a really interesting picture of this, um, this woman Marina um, as she goes through her life and just tries to live in Santiago and exist being who she is. Um, it, the film covers a lot of ground, so it it begins with a tragedy. I don't remember in your synopsis if if you gave that away, like if that's a part of the premise already. Yeah, or, so, so yeah. I said that he passes away. Then. Right, like right. I didn't so give it, context for how he passes away yeah, or so when it, he passes away. It, it, it begins with her partner passing away, and then the rest of the film is just trying to pick up the pieces, figure out how can I go to the funeral, where do I live now, what do I do next? Um, and that could be a very, very, very heavy film. And I think emotionally this is in parts, but there's just something about it where it, it never felt like, um, it never felt sadistic. It never felt like it was just trying to impart sadness on you for sadness's sake. It really felt like it's just doing a character study of this very particular person, like this, this particular individual who can like thrive and fight back. Like she, she's not for the most part a, a weak protagonist to whom things just happen this is a person who stands up for herself and advocates for herself and also feels terrible about the things that are going on and i just i i just thought it was very 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 interesting i think it's the fullest portrait of a trans character that i've seen uh the only other movies i can think of that even touch on this topic are uh the danish girl which i think it is way too melodramatic about the act of transitioning and doesn't seem to care at all about like the actual life of a person after it's happened. And Tangerine, which I liked quite a bit, but that's much more particular, right? Like that, that's trans prostitutes on the streets of LA. So that's a, that's a much more kind of aggressive movie to follow. Uh, This is a movie that I think really just lets you live in their headspace and empathize with her and, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting, but I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Uh, yeah, like I, I think this was. I, I'm trying to avoid say saying a fantastic film, um, <laughs> but uh, but I but I really think that it was. Um, I was uh, like amazingly entertained by it and what it tried to do. Um, you, you said that you kind of didn't know what to expect when going in, and I had huge expectations for what I thought this movie's intentions were going into it, and the film was wildly different than I could have imagined, but just as uh, compelling uh, as as what I had expected. For me, what I kind of, because, you know, we decided to review it. I think I, when we decided to review it, uh, it was finally playing here and I finally saw the trailer for it. And it's like once I found out what the film was about, because um, I didn't know anything other than the name beforehand, um, I, I was really uh, interested in this story. And kind of what I expected from it was uh, like grand arguments for what love is and how, while while this love between two people might challenge like what you the characters in the film think uh the the canonical depiction of love is this film is going to like butt up against that and like kind of like when we were walking <laughs> the streets during a day I, I kind of referenced it in an odd way her where it's like this is like a story like like just questions like hey these two people are in love just don't ignore anything else and kind of deal with it. Like I wanted a film that talked about that and, and kind of said like, just because the family doesn't agree with the, the relationship that they had, 
like maybe the family would learn or like even if the family didn't come around to the idea of it, that the film would be making statements about love that you could like celebrate and like hurrah, right? Right. And this film is not that film at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And instead, it's it's like a very POV experiential thing where it's like you are just in in the heads or in the head of like the character that we're following, and you're seeing how like like I kind of described it as as like she. Like we don't really know how long she had been with the you know her yeah, lover the, before the, he the passed away. The two things I heard were a year and nine years, and I think it's somewhere in the middle. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Like we're we're not sure how long they've been together or when they were like in the state that they were. Like they were like basically mild spoiler. She was in the process of moving in with him, so like they had been together long enough to like they're 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 all in on this relationship, right? They're 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 she's about to move in, like become a legitimate part of his life and. Um, but it, it's clear that like she has the normality of the life that she has has chosen. Like mm-hmm. nothing about her her days are unnormal. Like she goes about her thing. She has a career as a singer in nightclubs, works in a restaurant during the day. Apparently, sings opera or is learning to sing opera. Mm-hmm. Um, she just has her life, and nothing about that is unnormal to her until her lover suddenly dies. And the family is brought into it and sort of it it's not that it comes crashing down, it's that she's forced to deal with the fact that some people don't agree with the life that she's chosen. Mm-hmm. And like seeing her experience the sudden loss of normalcy is really, really compelling and like mm-hmm. really impactful. And like seeing just the way like even even the characters who seem to be supportive are not supportive in the context of like the other people that they interact with like, on, on on a normal day. And it's like this is just a story like just watching her deal with that and like seeing how day-to-day situations with people that don't sort of jive with what's going on can like really be affecting in a way that seems like it, it might not be like, Oh, whatever this person forget it. But like Mm -hmm. there are very deeply uncomfortable situations that arise um, from just seemingly normal activities. And like, I don't know. I I just, I, I was wrapped up in, the experience she was going through and like it wasn't the film I came for, but it was like the film that I'm glad I got. Right. And, and I think in, in service to that. So you mentioned the story is so much about her and the, the loss of the routine that provided comfort and back, yeah. back into this world full of people with outdated feelings and shitty opinions. And yeah. all of a sudden being, being confronted with this thing that you had hoped you'd been able to move past. Um, I think in service to that, the film isn't attempting to make rel- relatably motivated secondary characters. I think a, a lot of people in this film, at least there's this figure of the son who shows up in the movie. Um, there's the ex-wife. There's a detective. All of these people say just about the worst thing you could say in yeah, this situation. Yeah. And they say it in a way that I I feel kind of like we we talked <laughs> offline actually about uh, this short uh, the silent girl yeah um, silent child the silent yeah. child yeah which is about um, about a deaf girl and the myriad ways that like a girl a trying to a deaf person trying to go to school could have problems if yeah. the parents aren't attentive and that short was made in a way where it's driving home a point of this could happen this could happen this could happen yeah. this is why you need to avoid this and i feel like this film 
functions a little bit in that way for what life could be like for a trans person. So it finds a bunch of different archetypes. There could be the aggressively transphobic person in the case of the son. There could be the person who claims to be on your side, but is clearly not quite the patronizing one like the detective. Uh, there can be the person who just tries to be an ally, tries to be friendly, but when pushed comes to shove, caves and immediately just lets everyone else walk all over you like the brother. There, there's all yeah. these people that you can kind of trace like what archetype they stand for. And for a movie like this, I think that works beautifully. But yeah. it it, is, it only works that way because she is the main character and she's pretty much the sole person you are meant to care about in this movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the the character of the lover is an interesting one. We just see so little of him. He is much more what he represents to her, what the relationship means to her than he is a character himself. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even the, the scene opens with him in a bathhouse getting like a massage and then walking down to the nightclub where she is singing. And, I don't think we really have a solid understanding of whether that was the moment he met her or if that's him coming down to watch his lover singing in the club like she does every night, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's it's sort of like a thing where it's like almost like uh, she notices him while she's singing and he's like impressed by her, like uh, her presence on the stage and like the way she sings and kind of like, hey, over there, right? Like we don't know that that's not their equivalent of meet cute, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're just yada yada yadaing to the the last night before he's no longer there um sure it, it, we have good reason to believe that isn't their meet cute because the sauna becomes an important part of the story yeah but that could still just it could be just be reflective of his routine yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no i agree i think uh, another thing that interested me about this movie and that this is where I'm going to be the snob and throw out a book recommendation. Uh, there's, a, there's a great book of short stories called A Safe Girl to Love by Casey Plett, uh, who is a trans author. And it's just a bunch of stories that center around trans characters. And what I really liked about that book is that it doesn't shy away from anything. It doesn't shy away from the, the bodily aspect, right? Like the physicality of being trans, about all the ways that people can treat you like garbage or all the things that people might not even be meaning to be condescending to you, but it becomes a hurtful situation. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is the first movie that I've seen do that, where it, rather than just gloss over the trans aspect so it can just point a light and say, look at all these terrible people with their terrible beliefs, this really dives into, like, why is that hurtful and why why does that get complicated, right? There. There's a scene in this movie where she is forced to go through a medical examination by a detective. And that means being forcibly disrobed in front of multiple people. And the way they build that scene up, I think even even if you had never considered before why that would be dehumanizing or why that would be invasive and harmful... This movie communicates perfectly why that would be true. Yeah. Like by by the time that moment happens, you know, like this is awful, right? Yeah, I feel that this is awful. Um, and it, and it's like it's extra awful because it's not just that the situation is awful for her; it's that there is a character in the room 
who is taking like an antagonizing stance like against her where it's like i'm treating you as a criminal and like the the person doing the examination even asked her to leave and she's like no i'm going to stay here for this because i want to like assert my dominance over her in this way of like you are a suspect right for no fucking reason but like it's like she's she she had the power to make it less awful and chose to stay there to make it as awful as possible as like a sign of like authoritativeness or something right yeah and and the other scene which without going into spoilers about why this scene exists uh but it kind of gets at the dysmorphia thing again she is in a sauna uh and she needs to go to the men's locker area and the way she does this is by entering the sauna going through the women's section wrapping a towel as a woman would wrap a towel wearing her hair the way a woman would wear her hair and then at a certain point she has to sneak into the men's part and present otherwise and there there's something about seeing that on screen right See, seeing a trans woman have to present as male in a situation that it i think it's very provocative right like it's poking you to say what lines have you drawn right like maybe at the beginning of the movie if you were not used to this situation the presence of a trans character at all on screen that would be the thing that is poking you and now the flip side feels much more odd to to see and i think it, it it's just doing a lot of really interesting things and i think it I don't like using the word brave for filmmaking. Uh, I think the lead actress is giving a brave performance here because she is very clearly willing to be seen explicitly as a, uh, as a way of representing the struggle of trans people and put herself in that lens and suffer, you know, uh, acted out abuses that are very similar to real type of abuses. And I think that is like a very powerful performance. Yeah. But I do think the movie on a whole is, um, it isn't afraid of crossing boundaries or prodding at things that are potentially hurtful, right? Potentially very triggery, very shocking yeah. things where you don't know where you land. And to me, that's what I really, really liked about this movie is it wasn't afraid to just put you in a completely different headspace and then, make things uncomfortable for you yeah and i think there there's there is one scene where like the film goes out of its way to make it uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i i i don't think this film needed that scene like there you know this the scene involving a truck right and like the film had said everything it needed to say and like that just felt like not a bridge too far but it just it just felt like one of those things where it's like you're 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 talking about this subject matter in such a strong way that you didn't need to go this route. Mm-hmm. And I think like going that route sort of like, first of all, I was super confused. Yeah. The motivations like, are hard to understand. Yeah, there. The motivations are hard to understand. And like the eventuality of where they get to, I like that. Right. I don't know if there's something I'm missing. Yeah. There, there is one act of kind of violent aggression in this film yeah. that I think it would have been just as, strong and difficult without and it kind of feels like heightened to a degree that a lesser movie would have done it yeah uh it it's just short enough that i'm willing to let it go it might be a very specific thing that i i don't know about because i'm not chilean right and i'm not a trans woman in chile so 
It, I mean, it, it, yeah. to me, it, like, honestly, it, it almost read to me like the scene was planned out and it didn't work out the way that they expected, but they didn't want to have to do the scene again. Like, right. it was one of those, like, it, it almost reads like that where it's like, this. The scene is not going to be better than this. So the fact that like the mechanics of this didn't quite work out the way we expected, mm-hmm. it's not worth like they 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 covered up with like not cover they they recover from it. They basically they this the scene directly following <laughs> mm-hmm. like they they give her a moment to reflect upon right. where she is as a way of just like recovering from it almost. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it just feels like that I just don't understand what yeah that visually means to any of the characters involved except for her right like so yeah definitely uh one last note i wanted to make is i really like the use of music in this movie i'm a sucker for movies that have kind of ambient music or music being a big through line of the film and this film opens with i i guess the style is bossa nova that she's singing it's the um like very uh, jazzy nightclub singing voice, and it ends with an operatic performance that, just in the context of the ending and where it shows up, I thought was a very moving way to end the film. Yeah, it's kind of a very triumphant "fuck you" also way to end the movie. It's like I'm gonna make it out alive. Let me sing my heart out, and then cut yeah. the credits. And spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Spoilers, this movie does have credits. <laughs> but yeah, I I really I I was really moved by the ending. I I liked it a lot. Yeah. Even in the middle though, like when she first goes to the the guy who's helping her mm-hmm. like train her voice and stuff like even when when he's like just just sing for me like even even that like just that moment of like very downplayed I showed up to his house and he's yeah. just playing and I'm singing like she has a beautiful voice. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was it was yeah, it was very very impactful. So right. But yeah, um, I think that's it. I don't. I don't have any more add to add about this film. Nope, me neither. I think. I think we both liked it. Uh, I guess it's time to figure out how much we liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get to our verdicts, Stephen Miller. If you were going to give this a must see, reckon with the caveat, wait for until pass the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm going with a must see for this one. I think this movie it knows the story that it wants to tell. And it throws everything at it uh, stylistically. It throws a lot at the. At, it, it it it's a movie that just has everything. It, it is a very specific film with a specific point of view, and I think it does it justice. I think it makes it be compelling and romantic at times, and it, it's just a it's a good movie. And I think. By the real meaning of our metrics, it should be recommended with a caveat because the caveat would be that there are certainly people out there who would have trouble with with this film. Yeah. Uh, but I'm bumping it to must because I think people who would have trouble with this movie are precisely the sort of people who should see it. Because I think yeah. this movie does a good job of guiding you through those feelings and leading you to a place where maybe you would end somewhere different than where you began. Yeah, so must see for me. Yeah, it's a must see for me as well. And yeah, if you, if you didn't make that point, I wanted to make the same thing where it's like it definitely feels like a thing where like 
for some people, there would be a caveat, but for anybody, there would be a caveat. That's even more the reason for you to see the film. So I, I agree on all counts. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I believe that's going to bring us to the end of this review of A Fantastic Woman. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to A Fantastic Woman, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, We're going to take off and go review the insult. We'll see you in that review. See ya. (laughs)